0: Hello and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. As I mentioned in episode six, I've decided to do a bit of a mini-series called How to Write a Novel. Episodes will appear periodically and not necessarily in order one right after another, but each episode will focus on at least one aspect of writing a project, such as a novel or a story or any complete project that will take some time and motivation and dedication that I've experienced personally, that my students have experienced, that other writers I know have experienced, etc. As I also mentioned in that episode, despite being a traditionally published author, I do not underscore claim to be the be all end all expert on the novel writing process or the story writing process or the writing process in general. That said, if anything that I do say here inspires you to conduct further research into your own unique writing situation, I absolutely 100% encourage you to do that. There is a ton of helpful information to be found online, in libraries at writing conferences, etc. In fact. I pretty much always encourage writers to research all sorts of topics pertaining to the specific type of writing they're doing. You can find out during that research how other writers handle the unique challenges that you're experiencing that tend to be specific to that type of writing, etc. In episode six, I also talked about those quote-unquote first sparks of inspiration that we so often get as writers. I really think this is common to all types of artists, no matter if you're a writer or not. And they're special, I think we're very fortunate to get those sparks of inspiration that are so often the very first glimmerings of a writing project. I discussed how once you've gotten those initial sparks down onto the page, you've played around with some pre-writing strategies and techniques, it's then time, usually, to move forward and try to create some sort of a structure. This will likely be in the form of the beginning of a first draft. So the question is, of course, how do we start to put a structure to the notes we've probably accrued during those first pre-writing stages when we may have been a little bit loosey-goosey, for lack of a better term. We maybe were letting those sparks guide us, we were thinking about them, jotting them down, Of course, as I also talked about, some people will be much more structured in the way they handle the pre-writing. And the same will generally hold true with drafting as well. So much of this will likely depend on whether you are a plotter, a pantser, or a plantser. I won't go again into a full definition of each, but basically if you are a plotter, someone who likes to plot out every detail of a story before actually writing it, You've likely already created some sort of initial structure, such as an outline during the pre-writing process. I tend to do this, and I definitely don't consider myself to be a plotter purist at all, but I do find that creating a sort of container, almost like a pre-drafting container from those pre-writing notes for the story I'm trying to tell is for me extremely important even though I know that that container that I create, that initial container will invariably shift and change during the long drafting process. For some of us, the drafting process is longer than others. For me, it can take up to two years to write a solid first draft of a novel length manuscript. So I never completely depend on that initial container to see me all the way through. I do recognize that it can and will change somewhat, sometimes dramatically. From what I've heard over the years, though, from people who do consider themselves to be diehard plotters, once they've completed enough pre-writing to suit their needs, and there can be a lot of pre-writing for these people, they can think about a project, take notes on a project, war game a project, outline a project from so many different perspectives and in so many different ways. So for these people, it's really not uncommon to proceed into a very orderly drafting process without a lot of fanfare. These are the writers who can start writing on page one after they've completed their pre-writing, of course, and then spend however many weeks, months, or years it takes them to write straight through to the end of a project. This frankly sounds like an ideal way to write for me. It sounds like a logical and efficient way to get a large manuscript written, but I cannot see myself actually doing it, whether or not I had a pre-writing structure, a very solid pre-writing structure to back me up along the way. That's just not the type of writer I am. Editing is another story because I do tend to be a very linear editor, but that comes at the end of the process after you have a solid draft, after that draft has been revised, and editing is definitely a subject for another episode. If you consider yourself to be more of a planter, as I am, a combination of a plotter and a pantser, then building an entire container might just sound too inhibiting. If this resonates with you, but you still also want to have some sort of basic structure before heading from the pre-writing stage into the drafting wilderness, so to speak, here is one idea. You might think instead of creating something that I think of as like a movable temporary scaffolding that can be used to support each scene as you work on it. So rather than trying to create a structure that will enable you to write the entire novel you can develop a technique that allows you to sort of move the scaffolding from scene to scene. So a scaffolding in this sense might consist of, for instance, some loosely compiled notes about what needs to happen in that particular scene, how that particular scene will advance the plot as each scene should absolutely do, of course, etc. I have actually had quite a bit of success using this movable scaffolding technique. And I do it by usually first estimating the number of chapters a novel will likely require. And I can do that by having a decent sense. Again, I'm a planter, so it's not going to be a complete sense, but somewhat of a decent sense of what scenes need to happen to tell this complete story. And having written many manuscripts, I have sort of a well-honed sense of roughly the time and space a manuscript will require to tell that story. So from there, it's not too hard to imagine roughly how many chapters will be needed. Once I have that estimate of how many chapters I'll need, I can then basically just create a space in a Word document for those chapters, number them, and then make notes at the start of each chapter to indicate what I am pretty sure will need to happen in that chapter. Of course, these notes, and numbers of chapters will definitely tend to evolve and shift around as the draft evolves. That probably would not be as much the case if I was a plotter purist, but again, I'm not. So I do like to write intuitively. And so I accept as part of that, that things will not stay the same. Things will evolve, they will move around, they will shift. But I do find it quite comforting to have some sort of roadmap to follow as I fully devote myself to the drafting process. And that's key, having some sort of roadmap. I don't need it to be all spelled out, but having some sense and some potential scenes pinned down seems to help me relax into the creative process quite a bit. And I don't worry about simultaneously drafting and keeping scene ideas in my brain. I can get the scene ideas out of my brain and onto the document. That is super helpful for me. And aside from the scaffolding analogy, another good comparison to use for this technique might be the hiking trails that are here in Northern Arizona where I live. These are so fun to explore and it's a great non writing activity to do and I often actually generate ideas while I'm out hiking. And many of these trails, especially down I find them in the Sedona area the Prescott area are usually marked in some subtle way this non-intrusive way that blends in to keep hikers from getting too lost often these markings are just little dots of spray paint on the rocks that are placed there by the Forest Service they're almost like little breadcrumbs so for me occasional notes at different points of a draft help to keep a story on track, help to keep me on track as the writer hiking through that story while I'm creating that story. And they can be like these little dots on the trails. I can say that without the sort of narrative trail markers I create with chapter notes and scene notes, I would definitely feel like I was heading out into the National Forest without water, snacks, or a compass. Speaking of which, let's move on to how the pantsers those who like to write mainly by the seat of their pants might prefer to move from the pre-writing phase to the drafting phase. It's not uncommon, again, as I discussed in episode six, for pantsers to just hang it all out there and jump right into the story. They start writing without any pre-writing or structure at all, many of them. So sticking with the trail analogy These are those hardy adventurers who strap on a backpack and sleeping bag and head out into the wilderness of a first draft, really not knowing maybe exactly where they're going or when they'll return. Let me just note here that while I admire the wildness of these writers, this way of going about writing a novel in a very uninhibited, exploratory way is really not something that would probably work well for me personally. And I say this even though I do consider myself to be a fairly non-linear and intuitive writer, as I mentioned. I think what it comes down to though is that I've just discovered that it takes me again a long time to write a novel, up to two years is not unusual, and time is precious. I really prefer to mitigate the risk of wasting large amounts of that time by doing some sort of planning out of how a story will generally play out. As a side note though, I will say that once I do have that basic notion, I do tend to dive in head first sometimes at different points of the story each day, working on whatever scenes I'm most inspired to tackle that day. That's where my my non-linear tendencies come in. I like to have the basic layout. I like to have some of those breadcrumbs, but then I like to be free to jump in wherever I'm really feeling it that day for that day's writing session. And I really think that just comes with the territory of being a more or less non-linear writer. But I really don't think I'd be able to do even that much by the seat of my pants writing effectively, or really enjoy the process much without having a pretty solid sense of, in general, how the story progresses, what scenes will generally go where, how things are going to end. So whichever type or combination of types you consider yourself to be as a writer, here are some things to keep in mind as you move on from the pre-writing phase and start to actually write a draft in earnest. This can be, by the way, a really exciting and somewhat fraught moment when you realize that you're stepping into drafting. Some people start to do it without even realize they're drafting and they probably don't feel that same sense of anxiety and trepidation, but also excitement. It just just depends. But I'm always quite aware of when I'm actually stepping, taking those first footsteps into a draft and it feels like a commitment because it usually is unless things fall apart at some point, third of the way through or halfway through and you realize, you know, I just need to abandon this project. I find that's pretty unusual for writers who have done some decent pre writing. So once you do start drafting, you may have that sense of wow, this is it, I'm really doing this thing. I'm not just thinking about this project anymore. I'm actually writing a novel. And especially if it's your first novel, that's really something. So these things to keep in mind are in no particular order of importance, by the way. And obviously, there are many things to keep in mind as one works on a first draft. But in the interest of time, I will stick to these three for now. So number one, as you write, as you work on that first draft, try not to get sidetracked by thoughts of what if, thoughts of what will happen in the future with this manuscript. For example, try not to obsess over how the story will look Once it's done, how it will be structured down to the last detail, for instance, or whether or not it will sell, assuming you're interested in having it published, or how much it should sell for or will sell for if it does sell, or what the sales numbers and reviews will be like, those kind of things that really have very little to do with this part of the process. And as usually happens when I'm recording an episode, I will often get an idea for an episode. And this is happening right now as I'm thinking about doing an episode on how to guard the creativity that we rely on as writers from all the external stuff, especially for those writers who want to be published, want to find a readership. It's very easy to start projecting out into the future and start getting a little obsessive about the what ifs. So we need to really try not to do that while we're drafting and keep it as pure a process as possible. And try not to forget, after drafting, there is a revision stage or stages, there is the editing stage. So there is plenty of time to fix issues, tighten things up, etc. But the drafting phase, in my view, really should be a protected place of creative purity. Sounds really woo-woo but I do think that's true. It's really, really common for writers to dream about and worry about these kinds of things, whether you want to be published or not. And I actually think it's important for those of us who do intend to write for an audience and not just for ourselves, to be able to put on our business hats when necessary. But again, drafting is not that time. One of the things I've really found is that the creative side of writing and the business side do not necessarily mix not simultaneously, at least, if that makes any sense. So again, I do think it's important to try to keep the two separate during the pre-writing and initial drafting, when ideas really can still be somewhat delicate. Keep a journal if you need to, talk things out with a friend or with your agent if you have an agent. These can be good ways to keep the business considerations out of the creative process. Number two save your draft at the end of each day's writing session and save it to someplace other than your computer's hard drive. This one is super, super important. There are, of course, lots of different ways to back up a work in progress. I personally prefer to email the draft to myself every day after each writing session, even if I've just maybe added a paragraph That day, I will email the entire document to myself because if I don't and I'm relying on, say, an older email, let's say something happens to the original, my hard drive crashes or whatever, and I'm relying on an older email, it's really hard to remember even small changes I made during the last writing session. So I have become really disciplined and I encourage you to do the same about backing up in whatever method works for you, back up that draft and ensure that you can access your most recent copy in the event of a total system crash, total system failure. Three, stay open to new developments in the story. Even if you're a plotter who thought you knew exactly where things would go and when, new developments might come in ways that you don't expect. They might come in the form of characters you didn't anticipate, plot twists you didn't foresee, and even, unfortunately, sometimes, a big crack in the basic premise that underpins the entire saga. I have had all of these things happen. Some of them are delightful, such as when a new character appears and really enriches the rest of the story. But it can be fairly devastating when you are a significant way into a manuscript and you realize that for whatever reason, it's not going to work. And trying to rewrite or massage things isn't going to fix it. And I have had to abandon manuscripts that weren't working and it can be very painful. But that said, good things can happen too. So I would say stay open to all of them. Sometimes the things you thought would work best just don't for whatever reason and they end up needing to be cut. There's that whole kill your darlings thing that writers always hear about. There's kill your darlings, there's show don't tell. There are these, these sayings that we hear over and over again. And that is a valuable tool to be able to, to get the, the axe and the chopping block out occasionally. And just when you realize something's not working, and you've thought about it, and you've sat on it for a bit to just get it out of there. Other times, thematic elements or characters you had never considered show up and change the direction of a manuscript in a great way. As I said, stay open. Unfortunate things can happen, but so can great things. That's going to just about wrap up this discussion of this very specific phase in the process of novel writing, moving from the safe bosom, as it were, of the pre-writing phase to the wilderness of actually starting to write that first draft in earnest. We are not quite done yet, however, because now it's time for a new closing segment of the podcast that I'm going to be calling The Daily Groove. I really should have had a little bit of music to insert here, but I did not. This will be something I've come across recently, a quote or a snippet of conversation or an insight that informs and or enriches my own writing groove. And my hope is that it might do the same for yours. Today's daily groove comes to us by way of one of my favorite authors of all time, John Steinbeck. Having spent my undergraduate years at UC Santa Cruz, trips to the somewhat nearby town of Monterey, it was about an hour away, I think, really were not uncommon. I spent a lot of time on Cannery Row, and I actually took some great courses from a Steinbeck scholar during that time. I even have a dedicated space on one of my bookshelves in my office for my collection of Steinbeck books. I just love Steinbeck. I love the writing, sparse and yet rich, I still don't, I've studied him for years. I still don't know how he does it. did it. So here's the quote from the man himself about writing inspiration. Ideas are like rabbits. You get a couple and learn how to handle them. And pretty soon you have a dozen. John Steinbeck. Clearly, Steinbeck thought quite a bit about rabbits considering how much Lenny in Of Mice and Men loved them. I can actually relate. I have a little bit of a thing for rabbits too, since my property is home to several wild cottontails. They're super cute, and their population sort of rises and falls each year, but they are a constant around here. And aside from that, I love this quote for how accurately it describes the tendency of ideas to multiply if we let them. Also, and I I think most importantly perhaps Steinbeck mentions the necessity of, quote, learning how to handle, unquote, these ideas, which to me is key. It really serves as a reminder that it's not good enough for a serious writer to just sit around and wait for inspiration to strike or to refuse to write if the muse isn't speaking to us. If we're serious, we really need to pay attention to those initial sparks We need to consider them without being too heavy-handed with them. And then we need to figure out which among them are the sturdiest, which ones might be enduring enough to provide the foundation for a story, or a novel, or a poem, or an essay. And I just really like that quote. It really worked for me this week. And that, my friends, does bring us to the end of this episode. As always, thanks so much for being here. Keep your eye out for a new episode every Monday. And I'll see you around. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Groovy Writer podcast. You can connect with the podcast on my website at NicoleMcInnis.com and on Instagram at The Groovy Writer. The intro and outro music is retro by Wayne Jones. Until next time, right on, Groovy Writers, right on.